This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome to Garden of Sound. I'm your host, Ian Turner, and my guest today is Christchurch-based singer-songwriter Dean Eggleston. But first, if you enjoy what you hear today, I wholeheartedly recommend you subscribe. Just head to gardenofsound.nz and hit one of the links on the front page and you won't miss a second of all the guests we have on week in, week out. Okay, Dean Eggleston. After a lifetime sitting on the musical sidelines, Dean recently recorded a selection of original tracks with Greg Haver at Parachute Studios. Daydreaming and heartfelt lyrics seem to be the hallmark of Dean's songs. But what's the next step for the guy who gave away science for rock and roll? This is the Garden of Sound interview with Dean Eggleston on Plains FM 96.9. Dean, can you remember or is there a moment early on where you realised that there was such a thing as music? Yeah, um, my dad had a lot of music. It was very um, classical, classical music. Uh, any composers of note that might sit at the forefront? Uh, it would have been all the standard Beethovens and yeah. Mozart, but um, yeah. later on, I mean, years later, I I remember listening to early Italian opera, Monteverdi mm. and stuff like that, and yeah. I really liked that. It was just so peaceful and beautiful. And So what was life like at home? It sounds very sort of... Serene and highbrow and educated. And yeah, like Dad was probably wasn't at that stage, but he he was deputy principal at Aranui. Okay, uh, I went to Shirley Boys High, very academic. That's where I was going. It was all physics and chemistry. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I played music, but that was like school orchestra. Okay, clarinet, piano. So that's all good stuff. Yeah, it's all it's all a good grounding. I must have been about nineteen, twenty when I got my guitar, which I still have. It's in my van. I realised that, you know, like from playing in the orchestra, when you're just looking at the notes on that paper, yeah. you don't, you're not listening the same way. And so the people, you know, I play with people now whose musical ear is just amazing. They mm-hmm. can just hear anything and just play it. And yeah. I'm getting better, but I struggle yeah. like crazy. But and that's what it was. So was there a, um, I guess, a catalyst or something that sort of took you away from the, the classical and the school orchestras to, I guess, the modern music? Is there something, an artist or well, someone? i got an older brother, and he he would have been like seventh form. I was a third form. And he, this is 1978. He bought home three albums. Yeah. So there was uh, 24 Carat Purple, which was like a best of, like Black Knight, Speed King and yep. Smoke on the Water, yep, all that yep, great yep. stuff. Also, um, Jerry Rafferty, City to City, which, I mean, had Baker Street. So that's, yep, that's, that's a track that got <laughs> played yeah, yeah. over and over. And then uh, Hotel California. Okay. So we played that. And then, like, somehow he sort of, like, realized that there was this guy in the Eagles, Joe Walsh, had just come come out with, um, well, Life's Been Good. It was but seriously, folks, the album. Mm-hmm. Anyone that knows me at that time, it's like that's all I would talk about. Joe Walsh, Joe Walsh. <laughs> yes. So, what were the what were the dreams at that point musically? Um. Oh, apart from you know, I just wanted to be able to play like that. But apart from that, that's that's it really. There was no real 
thing. I was just going to go off and I did chemistry at university and mm-hmm. I was like academic sort of. And, and that was the road. Yeah. There wasn't. Was there any um, support musically from, from mum and dad at least? They made sure, you know, I had all the music lessons and things like that for, um, you know, the clarinet and piano and whatever I wanted to do that way. But once I got the guitar, it was just, yeah, just me in my bedroom. And What was uh, music like? Because I'm thinking we're probably drinking ages about 20 when you're, mm-hmm. when you're growing up. What yep. was the Christchurch music scene like once you started sort of getting out and seeing what was happening around the traps? That would have been the time of dance exponents, okay. DD Smash and yep. all those sorts of things, the mockers, all yep. those bands and the big pubs and things like that. Mm-hmm. But at the time, that just didn't interest me at all. Yeah. So I, I didn't really go along to do those sorts of things. And I, I was always like looking overseas for musical stuff. And, and also really, and, and I really loved great guitarists yeah. and yeah. didn't see that in those, those bands. Mm. Yeah. So um, what about at university? What was the sort of music scene like in terms of? playing with folks or was it solely just you're shaking your head just it, it was just about the school and the learning yeah, yeah 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 and then going home and being in my bedroom and playing guitar and trying to work out a Neil Young song or something like that but mm. yeah so when did you um when did you write your first song during the 90s I, I was in a like with a couple of friends and we we did a um it was kind of like it started off like doing blues blues stuff and one of the guys he wrote some songs and then it sort of became a little more bit more grungy yeah as is what the time as was. you do in the 90s and yeah. i and i you know i had a couple of like really sweet pretty melodies in my head and it just wasn't that wasn't going to happen up, yeah. that wasn't going to so i kept that quiet so it was probably uh the first proper song i would have written would have been about eight years ago okay like that. okay uh it was quite late so to start. a long a long time coming but yeah but you got there yeah and once again it was um to me it's all about melodies yeah and hooks and the chorus and things like that. So mm. and so I, I had all those ideas and I had, and I thought I knew I could sing and tune, but mm-hmm. I thought no, your voice just sounds so boring. No one's going to want to listen to that. Mm. And with music too, I don't or songs. I don't listen to lyrics particularly. So I had no idea about that sort of stuff. And mm. thought I thought I oh, know I'll find a a singer lyricist. I tried working with a couple of lyricists, even like people overseas, just on the internet, finding yeah. some people, and I found that really frustrating. Yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't get what I was at, or yeah. they took too long, or what. And I just thought, oh, I've got to do this. Oh, I'm going to have to end up doing this myself. And so I just started reading lyrics. Okay. And, uh, you know, there's some really good songs out there, but then you start reading the lyrics, and you just think, oh my God, this is just crap. It's yeah. like awful. And then, yep. I, yep. and then I had this moment in my head, I thought, well, I can write crap. I mean, that's the least, that's the least you know, it's like, I've never been a confident writer in any sort of thing. I, yeah. I didn't do particularly well at English at school. Yeah. I was very much science. Yeah. You know, when you're in an office and it's someone's birthday and you've got to write something rather than their birthday the card. card. Happy birthday. I, I, would just, I would just cringe at the thought someone's someone's going to read what I write. And I just thought, oh my God, that's awful. And then kept it there and sort of worked out my way of doing things. I'm not like very poetic. It's much mm. more of it getting the sound, yes. sound of the words being the main thing to go with the to the melody. So where are your lyrics now? Um, I've, I feel really confident now. I've, I've worked out my way of doing things. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll have, I'll just come up with a little 
chorus or something in my head, a little melody, and I'll just sing it over and over and over, and some words will just pop out. And yeah, it's not it's not very poetic. It's more um, just telling a little story, a little story okay. to yep. bring you along to where the chorus is. And where does your music sit in terms of those early um, fancies, such as the Eagles and you know, and Joe Walsh, obviously? Yeah, um, I'm not sure so much of that. And a, and a lot of the music, I guess, I've listened to, like uh, like my favourite band ever would be like Rush, Canadian progressive rock. It's got nothing to do with what I do, <laughs> but yeah. and and I guess at the time, and that's where I'd sort of heading. I was just wanting to. I wanted to play like that, and I just couldn't. It was so frustrating in it because I couldn't write like that, and I thought there was nothing really I wanted to sort of like replicate. The um, favourite songwriter was definitely Neil Young. That was okay. just the melodies, and I didn't really didn't really try to even understand what the lyrics were about, mm. but the melodies are just amazing. You hear, a, you hear that first chorus, and you just know it. It's, that's, that's what I'm... That's what I try and do. So normally we talk about um, influences for songwriters, but I do want to jump ahead. Um, mm-hmm. You've just mentioned Neil Young, and he is a he is a storyteller. So do you feel that you've sort of taken some elements? I d- I did hear an interview with him, and um, he seems to write quite similarly. I think that same sort of thing. Like it's the music. Mm-hmm. He was in this interview, and he said, "Oh, every so often there'll be something he wants to get off his chest, and he'll write a song." We're starting with like with the lyrics, and he'll finish it off, and it's all great. And then he'll just put it away in a little vault, never to be seen again, because it's not. Um, I mean, I, I that's one of the things I tried early on too was writing from someone else's lyrics, and I could come up, I'd come up with something rather, but it just didn't seem to have that magical melody. This is when you were collaborating with yeah, like with try, others. trying okay. to find because I I get thinking I can't write lyrics, I don't even know what to write about, so. Yeah. I'll, work with someone else and that that just didn't work out um i'm fascinated with how people can do that sort of stuff like elton john bernie taupin yep. it's always lyrics first and he just takes oh, that and andrew lloyd webber tim rice yeah yeah tim rice is a genius though which is kind of kind of yeah. interesting it is time for some music um so i'm going to give i'm going to give the choice to you um we've got two songs that we are going to play in the um uh, the first half of the show um yes. shall we hear joe walsh, joe walsh. Or, yeah we'll, we'll go for that yes. okay this track is called meadows um and it's a live album in yes. santa monica what's the name of the album you can't argue with a sick mind okay um one of his greatest pieces i just love it uh, the, the, the um the guitar solos are just there's three of them they're just so melodic yeah. uh there's also like a little duet thing it was just before he joined the eagle so don felder oh wow okay was there so we're way way back yep yeah yeah this would have been 75 something like okay. that and right. they, they had the same producer and manager and stuff and that's how yeah that's how it happened all right let's check it out this is joe walsh with meadows
Thank you. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Dean Eggleston on Plains FM 96.9. Um, I want to talk about gigs and formative gigs. Obviously, you were, you were stuck at home, you know, doing, doing the sciences and, and all of that kind of thing. Um, but you must have got out and seen some stuff. So what's a big gig that's left an impression uh, with you? Dire Straits, Lancaster Park. I was going to say that. <laughs> I was just thinking about that because of the uh, the guitar. Well, everyone was there. Like there was so many people there. Yeah, eighty one. No, it was no? like it was um, after Brother Brothers in Arms. So it was yes. like eighty six. Okay, right, eighty six. Like, summer yep. of eighty six. Yep. Yeah, amazing. There you yeah. go. I'm sure there's a song in that too. <laughs> um, so, what did you take away from the gig? Just Mark Knopfler's guitar. Yep, that was. That was a. I would. I'd never actually been a particular Dire Straits fan, particularly. Um, it was a massive, massive, massive album. Yeah. Um, and I remember back to MTV, obviously, mm-hmm. um, uh, which would have would have propelled it. Um, I mean, was everyone talking about it in Christchurch and, and around New Zealand at that point? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, pretty much everyone had it. I think. <laughs> yeah. The album. It was. Yeah. It was huge. Anything else you've seen um, more recently in, in the last thirty five years? Um, Athletic Park in Wellington. Mm-hmm. Saw Joe Walsh. Okay. So he was opening. Oh, there was Herbs, Joe Walsh, but. And then Midnight Oil. Was so that, who was the headliner? Was it Joe Walsh? It was Midnight Oil. Midnight Oil were headliner. Yeah, Joe that, Walsh that was, supporting. Yeah, Midnight Oil were massive at that time. So beds are burning and yeah, all that, of that kind of time. That, yeah, yep, yep. yeah. I mean, that was great to see him. But having having listened to his live work before, like the Meadows, yeah. it was kind of disappointing. To him. Yes, yeah. He just had he just had this drummer. Uh, or Chad Cromwell and Rick the bass player. Yeah. And I met them at Colin Morris Records in Wellington at a signing. Yeah. And a good chat to Rick the bass player. It just didn't have the arrangements and yeah. the, of the other live stuff I'd heard. So that was kind of kind of disappointing. What was the difference between, you know, obviously this was a planned album and so on. They didn't just sort of rock up one night and think, let's record this. Mm. Where's the difference that you can see between the between the two shows and his his performance and what came out the other side? Age? It could have been that. I know he was at the time having lots of um, substance problems. This is when he did the athletic park gig? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So So excess takes its toll. Yeah, so the first album I got hit was 1978, but seriously, folks. And then after that, the four albums in the 80s leading up to having seen him. Yeah. I would I'd rush out and get it the first uh, the album the first yep. day and listen to it and go yep. well this isn't like his other stuff yeah yeah <laughs> so after about four I finally gave up yeah mm. that's very disappointing that was so where where do you stand on the on the substances and creativity I, I have not done anything I don't drink that much yeah yeah so I can go off into my little dean's world yeah. easily without yeah. Without the need for for something to help you help you lead the way or something along those lines. Uh, What about your performance experience? Um, You've talked about eight years ago when this when this sort of um, picked up. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I asked from the um, uh, what was the uh, what was the catalyst? What was the thing that sort of made you go right? Got to do it. Time is now. Okay, I just um, I have two girls and the relationship with their mother stopped yep so I, I so i was looking after them and 
50-50. Yep. And uh, I just had all this time and time on my own. And I just thought, I want to write a song. Yeah. I just want to do this. And it wasn't something that, especially like with the lyrics, it wasn't particularly easy. Or I just had to really work on. So has this been bubbling under all mm. the way since university days? No. I, I met someone in the 90s. She's yeah. an American, was over here with the... Um, Antarctica program um, mm. and we I sort of thought about it a bit at the time with them but still it was like lyrics yeah. just, that was just this block that was the, that was the stop yeah and it had to be music with lyrics it couldn't have just been an instrumental kind of thing because no. you want to sing don't you and you you can't just go <laughs> just one long vowel movement yeah and I and I didn't feel like I was a capable enough musician to sort okay. of put that together yep tell me about your um tell me about your first live performance oh my god that was um an open mic yeah the crack okay i just went along i've always just i've i have done maybe five half a dozen covers performances apart yep. from everything everything's been original so yep. these were these first songs i'd written and i was so nervous about my voice and yep. singing and all that sort of stuff and there's these four songs and yep. But luck, the place was really packed out. It was after, okay. after the earthquake. And yeah. So all those suburban bars were so busy. Big. yeah. And uh, so there was just so much noise and stuff going on. I don't think anything, anyone really heard me or anything like that. Yeah. And no one, but no one fell on the ground laughing yeah. at my lyrics, which I had no idea if they were good or bad. Yeah. Um, so how, that was the first one. How did you feel about the performance, though? I don't know. I just planned to get through it. That yeah. was, that was a yeah. So, what made you want to go back and do it again? I stayed on and listened to. Um, so other people got up, and it was it was. Um, I'd never really sort of been to this sort of thing before. So it was all you know people doing covers, yep. and people were just list, waiting for covers that yep. they can join in and sing along with. And, yep. and and I just thought, oh right, I've got to write songs like that, you know, with this, but um, a sing along chorus Vibe. kind of thing and so it really made me so i actually and simplify things as well like yeah. um and uh yeah so that so that sort of really helped actually i really thought right and actually the next day i wrote a song which was a lot m lot more along those lines and um i don't do it anymore but that was just one of the songs on the journey yeah <laughs> to what i do now have you had any um performances or experiences where everything's just caught fire uh, for good or bad, you know, where it's been amazing or it's just been terrible. I've had a few things where I've fluffed the words a bit, but mm. that's the good thing about originals. Most people don't know. <laughs> and you're the one telling the story. Yeah. Today, this is how it went. Yeah. yeah. But uh, th there was one, okay, there was Allen, Allen Street Bar mm. where they opened. So I had a friend who his band, The Misfits, was playing is the main thing. It was supposed to be an open mic. The place was just packed out, people in black and just packed out. And um, so they sort of, they did this kick-ass, like hard rock cover yep. stuff and it was fantastic. And then yep. they sort of like had a break and just said, he said to me, Nick said to me, oh, do you want to get up and just do some songs? In between while, you know, we were having a rest. And, yep. I, and I was like right on the border of saying, I can't do this, I can't do this. Yep. And uh so I got up and got there, and um, I had a couple of sort of more rock songs to do. So I did about four or five songs. The sound was amazing. Yeah. I've never had, like, the set, the monitors. Yeah. Everything was amazing. And, and I just thought, oh, my God, I love this. This is how I want to do it. It's just yeah. not, not playing in some tiny little place. Yeah. 
I want to, this is, this is what I want to do. So, yeah, and then, because originally when I started singing, it was all very melodic and sweet, and I sounded a lot like James Taylor. That was probably yeah. where I was at. And I thought, no, no, I want to have a bit of grit in my voice. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was sort of like a change, big change of direction after that one. That was, what was the reaction like from the crowd on that night? I remember I had this very recognisable shirt on, I Leeds United. I'm a Leeds United fan. Okay. Yeah. And which finally it's paid off. We can't off. have it all. But yeah, no, no, no. This year they're back in the Premiership yes. after a big break. That's true. And, um, and so I, people were kept stopping me and just saying how great it w- was. Yeah. And the, you know, I just think after that full-on sound of the band, I yeah. think people were, you know, it was, it was kind of good to have this one guy up there with an acoustic guitar. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. And so I got such a good reaction. It was yeah. absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, it is time for some music. Um, we have talked about um, Neil Young, who has rocked out with the um, uh, the best of them. And we're going to play After the Gold Rush, but you want to play the live version. Yes. Tell me more about your choice in that respect. This is this is my I – just, I just way prefer it. He's singing a bit lower than in the um, studio version. And – I just think it fits. I just think it's one of the things I like about Neil Young, and which is something I like. I like to do myself is just get up there and play with different musicians. Like he'll play the piano one time, play yep. guitar. He'll yep. make it electric. There's yep. another time, and that's interesting. What I like to do in no set way. Mm. That's very cool. All right, this is after the Gold Rush, the live version from Neil Young. <laughs> I was hoping it was a lie 
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Dean Eggleston on Plains FM 96.9. At the end of this section, we're going to be playing a track which is just released today, which is very exciting, called Slow Boat. Yes. And this is off an EP that will uh, be coming out, or is it just a selection of tracks you have recorded? Yeah, at the moment, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's just three... I recorded three singles, yeah. And also produced by the, the wonderful uh, Greg Haver. How did your link up with um, Greg come about? Well, I joined the MMF, the Music Managers Forum, yep. and that gives you a chance to talk to various industry people. Uh, James Southgate, the manager of Devilskin, was in Christchurch. Mm-hmm. Devilskin were playing. I organised to talk to him, yep. which was very helpful, and I talked about recording, and he said, use Greg. Yeah. He just said, don't mess about. Was yep. that it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And Greg chose Parachute Studios. Yes. Yeah. So tell me about that. Tell me about that experience. Well, how much recording had you done? Before this? I had done um, some with friends of various um, situations, which was all helpful. I mean, every... every, um, Everyone is terribly polite about those kind of situations because it's not like going into a studio with all the gear and so on. Every time you do it, you learn learn things and obviously from things, mistakes Mm. and um, everything along those lines is really helpful. The first yeah. the first recording I did was just at the main studio. They okay. were looking for people to yep. help with this, you know, so the students could record stuff. And yeah. so I did that a couple of times. Yeah. Um, the experience in Auckland with recording with Greg, yeah, that was so, like, professional. So what did you bring to him in the initial stages? What did you what did you provide in terms of demos or yeah, here's so, what I want to do? So I had five, yep. five demos yep. and I... Suggested three. He wanted to change one. Yeah. Um, what did he want to change about that one? I had a song I'd sort of suggested. He said he really liked the song Life. So mm-hmm. um, I just thought, okay, we'll go with that. So it's it's funny too because Greg's, I guess, more of a like a rock guy, the stuff he's done. It's interesting you should say that at a recent uh, lecture he talked about in the early 90s. Uh, he did a lot of dance stuff as well. That you, well, I didn't, free, tell, he didn't tell free me Free Mannix. And funnily enough, he's working on some stuff with Troy Kingy. Yep. Okay, so um, so you thought of him as the as the, the sort of the rock guy. But we went with three songs that were, two of them especially, are like my probably my least rock songs. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. S- Slow Boat being one of them. So for this track... Um, was it Greg choosing the um, uh, the studio musos? Yes, as well. Yeah, and that's your first time working with a with a band. After after you know starting off the open mics, I yeah. decided to go along to a. Um, I thought I'd go along to more of a jam night, which is really odd. Everyone was doing like rock covers and things like that, and I turned up and I've well, I've got some original songs, and it was um, 
And I think too, uh, my songs were a little bit more complicated back then. Mm. Like chord chord patterns were different in the yes. verse, the chorus, yep. the bridge are all different. Yep. And it's yep. so hard to explain that to people. Yeah. And uh, and and but that experience was fantastic. Um, thinking, you know, I just thought, well, if I'm going to do this, I need I need to make my songs simpler. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've got really used to just playing with lots of different musicians. I love okay. just going and turning up. I play with some really good people who can just sort of pick up on things gotcha. and just it's sometimes it sounds you know people in the audience think we've been playing together for forever and they've you know not realizing that the other guys had never heard the song before. Playing with musos of a certain caliber, do you feel mm-hmm. like that elevates your your performance? Yeah, I just stand back and like especially in the instrumental bit and just stand back and just go, oh my god, that sounds yeah. fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What is Slow Boat about? Slow Boat is kind of like a dream that I'd love to have, but actually haven't had. It's about being on a like on a beach mm-hmm. and just building a boat basically out of all the things I can fi- I find. Yeah, searching around and, and so the verses are basically just. Well, this is how I made the mast and whatever well, um, out, of, out of a tree trunk I found in a forest. It was just lying there on the ground, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. That's the lyrics. Yeah. Um, like with all my songs, it just starts with the big hooky chorus. Is it a metaphor at all, or is um, it simply Dean on a beach finding stuff, <laughs> making a boat? The one sort of common theme that comes up in a bunch of my songs is going away with. A special person, yeah, and just getting away from it all—that's just a, a thing. And so, this one is just a nautical theme, yeah, <laughs> of the okay. same thing. Let's, let's put that on. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, how is that? Is that looking like a reality? Being able to to go off and you know find pastures new and adventure. So, like um, a year ago, I decided to rent out my house. Yeah. I've got six students in there, yeah, um, and that they moved in in January, so. Pretty much, you got that freedom and that flexibility yeah. to be able to go wherever which, Dean which, yeah. wants. And to. sometimes that's good, and sometimes it's not. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. Um, yeah, I'm just. I'm, it's like I'm trying to find an alternative life, but I'm just not. Haven't found it yet. I'm yeah. just looking for it. Haven't quite found. Okay, mm-hmm. this is from Dean Eggleston, Slow Boat. Always had this dream that I'd go around the world In a little boat I had made I built it out of all the things I found on my way And other stuff I'd already saved I got some wooden boards that I tied together With old rope washed up And some empty bottles would help keep us afloat Could do with some more, but I think we'll be okay Found in a forest 
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Dean Eggleston on Plains FM 96.9. I do like to sort of like look back and see if you give any advice to a younger version of yourself. Let's look at the one who's chemistry focused, science focused potentially. What would you say to that? that I would just love to have done what I'm doing now back then because to me where I uh, was, it was life changing really, like opening up to a whole new world of um, and I hadn't particularly done anything creative. I'm not an artist or anything like that. So, well, you are. Well, a musical, <laughs> but I can't still draw. an artist. Yes. I think art is not just painting. Yeah, that would have been fun to have done what I'm doing when I'm young, when yeah. I was younger. Yeah, that would have been cool. But I, my mind just wasn't. I didn't even think of that as a possibility. Do we have to wait for that major life event? Though it was for me, uh, but it was, it was really, you know, like I had, I knew I, I had these little tunes in my head, and yeah. it was just really just finding some focus. Yeah, and yeah, I had, I got some time, and so I was able to. Maybe that's the word to latch onto. Maybe it's the focus. It's funny. I, I've I've talked I've talked to a few people about this. I've I've always been quite good at things quite quickly, whether it was sport or whatever. Yeah, and you know, you get to that certain level and. It starts getting a bit harder to progress, and I, I've always been like, 
I kind of feel like I'm all right at that. Let's try something else. And what do you uh, think stops you wanting to keep going? It just gets harder. Yeah. And there's so many things to try out and do. And I just, I just like learning and trying different things. But with songwriting, I guess with lyrics anyway, particularly, I didn't find it easy. And I just felt there was just more and more to, to do. And I just had, it was maybe the timing of everything. I just thought, no, I didn't feel like I was, I could see the progress I was making, but I just didn't feel like I was quite there yet. And, and I could just keep looking back over the last few months and think, oh, that's the stuff I'm doing now is better than what I was doing six months ago. And then, it's actually, it's actually quite funny. I'd go and get my hair cut very irregularly and have this conversation with the hairdresser and she'd yeah. always ask me and I'd say, well, you know, I've written these songs and I've done that performance and, uh, yeah, I could just constantly see steps. That's great. Mm-hmm. So is there anyone that you want to work with, anywhere you want to go or anything that you want to want to do? If it wasn't for the current situation, yeah, uh, I would be probably heading off to, I would love to go to Nashville. Yep. Something like that. Just yep. hang out with songwriters. Yeah. All right, we're going to go and pay some bills. Um, and then we're going to come back with Dean Elveston. And we're going to test his mental acuity with mini quiz. There's only one way to settle this. There is another way. Visit miniquiz.com and see how your general knowledge stacks up against friends, family and Darren down the road. It's free and a great way to get you ready for the big leagues. Visit miniquiz.com now. That's M-I-N-I-Q-W-I-Z.com and show everyone who the quizzed in your neighbourhood really is. Miniquiz.com. Start small and do them all. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Dean Eggleston on Plains FM 96.9 and we're about to play mini quiz. I've got 10 questions for you. Okay. I'm not even going to say no pressure because as soon as you say no pressure, all you hear is pressure. All right, how about we'll do reverse psychology. You will be under intense pressure and scrutiny for 60 seconds as I ask 10 of the most difficult musical questions uh, known to man. Um, if you don't know the answer, just say pass. Well, thanks for that. I feel yeah. even worse. That's great. <laughs> no, it's all right. I think there's a, uh, I think there's a pretty easy one to, uh, uh, to kick off with. Dean Eggleston, your mini quiz starts. Which artist released the best-selling album entitled True Blue in 1986? That's Madonna. Which New Zealand musician appeared alongside the All Blacks in Air New Zealand's 2015 safety video? No idea. Which band sang the lyrics, makes you wonder how the other half die? No idea. Who performed the 1996 best-selling single entitled, Wannabe? Spice Girls. Brian McKeith and Ian made up which famous band formed in 1962? Rolling Stones. Which New Zealand band released the 2008 album entitled, Beautiful Machine? Uh... Mm, pass. What is both John Lennon's middle name and the first name of a famous politician? Uh, is, is it something like Winston? Justin Timberlake was formerly a lead singer with which boy band formed in 1996? Is it NSYNC? Your time is up. Well done. You've done pretty well. Okay. Uh, let's go through those answers. Yes, Madonna, True Blue, 86. Stan Walker was in that uh, safety video back in 2015. Okay. Um, makes you wonder how the other half die and also makes you wonder how the other half live 
in excess than the track Devil Inside. Ah, uh, right, okay. Uh, well done, Spice Girls, uh, yes. the Rolling Stones, yes. Beautiful Machine uh, was from She Had uh, uh, yeah, okay. in 2008. Well mm-hmm. done, Winston and In Sync. So you got one, two, three, four, five. That is very good. Awesome. Five is excellent. <laughs> We've had quite a few ones recently. Um, I thought we're gradually just devolving. Um, we've got time for one more song, uh, which is going to be Imagining, Yes, I believe. Yes. Um, now, you've already released that. Yes. Um, what's this one about, short of? Um, this is Daydream Dean again. Yeah. Um, this is just, uh, it's just a couple of scenarios. It's just Imagining, and um, it's really sweet. It's very not rock like other stuff I do. Yeah. It's a really just nice track to listen to, I right. think. I think that's what people say. Yeah, fantastic. Dean, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. I light a fire in the winter time Keeps me warm inside I turn my music down low, close my eyes, ease my mind. I go to places where I have been, and others I don't know so well. It all seems so real to me, sometimes it's hard to tell when I close my eyes. Can do anything when I close my eyes. It's just imagining when the sun is shining. I like to go outside, put on some glasses and lie down. Yeah, yeah. It's alright We were casting a movie We had the leading roles When it came to the ending I nearly lost control When I closed my eyes I can do anything Close my eyes It's just
time for my track of the week. It's brand new today. It's from the force of nature known as Vaults. In true rock and roll style this track is indestructible. Thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks also to Dean Eggleston for his candour. If you want to find out more about what Dean's up to, then head to gardenofsound.nz and click on his image on the front page. 
I'm Ian Turner. I look forward to bringing you Garden of Sound same time next week. In the meantime, keep well, keep listening, and keep playing. Inohora. Ora.